The artist's brain is an independent variable. When brought into the everyday world, their senses find meaning in even the most mundane observations. The reaction must only be told by the artists themselves. I'm Loverboy, and this is an experiment. Today's guest hails from Orange County, California, but he has since made his way to Los Angeles. He's an artist who found his own sound with his own inspiration from rap, pop, EDM, and rock music. He's freshed off his first performance at Lollapalooza and recently released his new track, Take Me Back. Please welcome today's guest, Christian Gates. Hi. What's going on, brother? I I just got here. You did just get here. I don't know. I really like the vibes of this place. Thank you. I've said this already, but I think this place is like so cool. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, I'm really happy to have you here. I uh, you. I've heard about you a few different ways. My little brother Eli is a big fan. All right. So tell Eli so what's up. I absolutely will. Um, and then also just from from the scene, I feel like. Am I in the scene? You're in the scene. Oh, you are yeah. the scene. Oh, sick. Nice. <laughs> I feel like because you have such a wide variety of like genres and styles of music but they all kind of center around a very similar sound it's like it's like a really nice way to kind of convulge all different inspirations into one i feel like because of that you you're known in a bunch of different sectors you have like the pop punky sort of stuff the edm sort of stuff and then your new song i'm fucking in love with i love the like indie rock sort of vibe you're going with dude i i'm glad that one is that one's very special to me. How did that kind of come about? What what was the impetus to going a little like softer direction? I feel like something was calling me to make better music. Mm. <laughs> so so do you feel more of a connection to that song than you do some of your older stuff? For sure. I think the other stuff is more fun at shows and to like be jumping around. But this, if I'm just sitting in my car and I want to feel something, that's this is the type of mm. stuff I'd want to put on. So then who are you listening to right now that's kind of giving you inspiration for that direction? I, I haven't found many things. I That's why I'm just making it. Because I like, it's just a lack of of me being able to scratch that itch. I, yeah. I look on, on playlists on Spotify and I just type in raw indie music or just music that feels good or music that hurts, you know, yeah. and just stuff like that to try to... And what's your process look like? Are you writing most of these by yourself? The concepts are usually, and a lot of the lyrics are done by me, but I'll have producers who are really good writers or Killer. sometimes like a writer in the room. But that's that's pretty rare. I haven't had a lot of writers recently. Is there any anybody specific that you feel like a good connection writing with right now? Bluey and Sweet. Bluey and Sweet. I made, up. I made two of those folky ones with. Oh, beautiful. One of my friends, Jeremy, is really dope. Shout out Frank to Jeremy. Clark. Shout out Clark. Those are the guys. Those are the boys. And when you started making music, was it just you by yourself? Or did you have like a group of friends that were musical? I was just making stuff, putting it on SoundCloud and getting beat up for it. Mm. So. <laughs> I, I love that though. I think there's something about like the SoundCloud days that are so important and it was kind of like the trenches because it it was people doing it because they loved it the money wasn't there yet hmm. the recognition as far as being outside of soundcloud wasn't really there yet so everybody who was doing well on there was just hustling it was just pure there wasn't a label wasn't going to blow you up on there 
a you know a good distribution deal did nothing for SoundCloud. It, it was really just I love making music and I'm going to put it out there for free. Exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of cool people came out of that too, like X and and Juice and I don't know all the people, Little Peep. Yeah, that whole just vibe of. I think that's what really made genres blend. That was the beginning mm-hmm. of it. All these, there's like no such thing as genre anymore. Yeah. But when people are like, oh yeah, these rappers can make beautiful songs. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, it's a great turning point. I think. Yeah. It kind of like made the boundaries more cylindrical. It was, it was easier to fall off without feeling, feeling like you were separating yourself from where you started. Yeah. Also, each artist wasn't stuck in some sort of lane. Mm. Like X made Revenge. Right. And then also fucking, I'm trying to think of like a riot, mm-hmm. to- two totally different songs. But they both were X. Yeah. They're both him. So I guess that's, that shows kind of where you got this inspiration for the way you go about it. Cause I know a lot of people who, who stick in their lane almost to a fault. And I feel like the beautiful thing about not doing that is then you're, you're honest to the art. You're honest to the reason that we all got here. Like nobody who's 14 years old and just starting to make music gives a shit about if they're staying in genre. At least I didn't back at that time. So I feel like the fact that you've become sort of fluid in that world is is probably not only not only helpful as far as getting a, a more broad fan base, but it's healthier. For, for sure, yeah. Mental health wise. Dude, I was, when I started like making pop punk and that was, doing really well mm-hmm. the amount of people around me that were like make another one make another one make another one and i was just writing random shit like my ex is hurting my feelings like <laughs> just because i knew it would do well and people wanted to hear it totally ruined me yeah. totally just ruined me for like a year and then i just went on this little i'm gonna go live in the woods rampage and just make whatever i want and this is kind of yeah yeah. yeah sometimes you need to give yourself um you you need to hit a point where you feel like you're losing the art in order to go find it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's also one of those things where you can say that and it's honest to you, but there's still so many people who can find one of your old songs today and, and feel like it's life-changing. And that's one of the cool things about this is the people who are supporting you will always be looking at it differently than you. And your job isn't to follow them. Your Your job is to give them something to follow whether it's for right now or maybe they fall in love with it in five years. And, and that's kind of what I love about this industry is, I mean, do you know who Sugarman is, the artist? So he was around in, I think, the 60s. He was from Detroit, was a rock artist, had albums that miserably failed and ended up, I think, becoming like a minor or some sort of like craftsman or something wild. And later in life found out that he was the biggest artist in South Africa. Oh, I just heard about this guy. I don't know how I heard about him. He's got a movie called Chasing Sugar Man. That's okay. I'd recommend it to anybody, but And what his distro or something sold his catalog. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah, it was all yeah, sold. It was kind of like a, I need the money, so I'm gonna get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um and his like first performance back was like a stadium of like whatever, fifty thousand people. That's insane. And and later in life too. And it's just it's really just a a really good example of showing that if you're making something to be popular now, then you might not be doing the most justice to the art. If you're making something because you really love doing it, then it's going to find its home at some point. 
It always will. And I agree with that for sure. And and obviously it's a different story because you're you're finding that now. Luckily, while well, you get to enjoy it too, which is really cool. And we were just talking, you just played your first festival mm-hmm. in general, but it happened to be Lollapalooza. Which is dope. Yeah, there's there's a lot behind the scenes. I, like cause my first interaction with Lollapalooza or any festival was me being carted into the backstage thing. So I didn't even know until like the way end of the night. Yeah. What a real festival was supposed to feel like until like there's like a little, little section that I could just sneak out of. Yeah. And end up in GA. And I just was, there was hundreds of thousands of people and I'm just out there packed and like, this is, I get it. I Let's totally you blend in a little more. Yeah. Did you have people coming up to you being like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like, why are you in the crowd? You're fucking Christian. For sure. Gates. There was, there's a girl, I was watching Billie Eilish and there's a girl next to me and she was saying a bunch of shit. I don't want to repeat because it just, Coming out of my mouth grosses me out. Yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, but she was saying a lot of things along those lines. That's That's got to be a cool feeling to like be at the stage where you get to still go enjoy it as well. Like there's so many, I mean, there's going to be a point in your career where going into GA is going to be, you have to put on a fake mustache. Like it's just not going <laughs> to, it, it won't be enjoyable because you'll be swarmed too much. Dude, I know. And I, I long for that day, but also I'm enjoying every moment before that because Lollapalooza taught me a lot. I was walking through just like the normal in-between stages and people would just be coming up to me constantly. Like, oh, loved you set. Oh, like, blah, whatever. And then immediately after I came home, I'd walk down the street and nothing. So just the polar opposites where I feel like nobody knows who I am, nobody's ever heard anything, and king of the world vibes yeah. are just like this for me. It's a wild dichotomy. It's such a weird, yeah. How how have you been coping with that? Do you feel like when you're in the situation where you have this high and then you go back to regular life, do you feel like you miss it or do you feel like it's a nice step away that's that, that you need? I feel like there's two people living inside of me mm. and one of them enjoys the heights and one of them enjoys the quietness yeah so i just tap into that eat in either one and i'm comfortable i think that's got to be a really healthy way to go about it and it allows you the ability to separate too and to be whatever be in whatever skin that you need to be for that moment like having that feeling that that heightened feeling is beautiful but when you're sitting with your family or whoever it is your good friends there's there's got to be a feeling of contentment in that situation as well, because I feel like so many people, they find that high and they, they, there's, they need it so badly that the parts of life that are actually the most important then feel too mundane. Yeah. I've, I've had a little trouble distinguishing that over the past few years, but I think I've finally gotten it down. I'd go to like a family dinner and like, this just happened a few days ago and it still kind of weirds me out, Mm -hmm. but I went, and they're going to see this. So this is, I don't know. I, should, I don't know. I went to my dad's birthday dinner and the whole family was there. And I know it's like half joking, mm-hmm. but I walk in and everyone literally claps. Like 20 people. Wild. Yelling my name. And just family that I grew up with. And it's, I don't know. It's so weird because I know they're joking, but it's also like they're half not. Yeah. You know? And that is the part that 
weirds me out a little bit. That's so interesting. That's got to be such a... And it's not weird that they're doing it. It's just weird to me because I'm... Yeah. Well, you still have most of your life is wrapped in normalcy. Like the first 85% of your life, you were just Christian, mm. especially around them. Like it's it's got to be an interesting feeling to have your family know that you're at a point where they could be walking on the street with you and people are going to come up and ask for an autograph or whatever it is. I mean, that's happened. Yeah. I just, I don't think I was prepared. I wasn't in the right headspace walking in there. Cause when I first, I disappeared from my family for like a good amount of time, like for like a year or two while I was doing all this, mm -hmm. going to LA and such. And when I came back, it was a similar, not that intense, but it was somewhat of a reaction like that. So then I would just, put on the face I would put on when I meet fans mm. to my family. And it was, so, it was weird. It didn't, it, it wasn't really working. So then, so when I went back into normal person mode and I met my family with that reaction, it was, I don't know. I think that that type of situation, first of all, it's so obscure. It's so, most people, 99.9% .9 of the world will never understand that feeling. Therefore, finding somebody that can explain it to you correctly and have give you, you know, solace in those situations is very minimal. It's really hard to find. I mean, you really have to find somebody who has a very similar path and is five or 10 years ahead mm -hmm. to get any information on how to deal with this. Like, that's got to be such an interesting feeling to know that, that, you're going to be going through something where you can't ask for help in the same way that somebody with just, you know, like a regular anxiety or just life or they don't want to go to school. Like that can be, there's so, everybody understands that feeling. I think that's one of the biggest things I have been facing for the past few years. I have one person in the world that I think understands anything. And it's my friend Ty. He's a musician and he's, a little bit, maybe a year or so or two. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to, whatever. But he's he's a bit ahead of me in how far he's taken his career so far. And I've always just hit him up anytime I need help in that type of way. But also, he's kind of going a different direction than I want to go. So eventually then there's, there's no mentors and you're just by yourself. I, I feel like, Though, as you grow, as you get introduced to bigger and bigger people, you're going to start finding new mentors and more mentors. And, and there's going to be more, I feel like the more famous you get, the more people you, you start finding circles of people who understand you. I mean, it's why like, it's why rich people love their, their country clubs or whatever it is, is because you can go bitched about things to people that understand it, where you don't sound cocky or like an asshole, you know, like there's really something like primal about about having similarities with with the community around you and when you're put into this position where where you're admired by so many people that that circle dwindles and dwindles and dwindles until you start getting to the point where you can find more like-minded individuals and i mean that's it's a really interesting experience but it sounds like you're very aware of it which is sure. so much healthier than somebody who just wants to pretend like none of it's real. Honestly, I kind of hate being around like-minded people. Mm. 
I used to like it. That's why I came to LA because when I was doing all the social media influencer stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, people that get it, people that understand why I'm not doing a nine to five and why I'm not a failure for following my dreams. It was really comforting and it was cool. But eventually it got to be like, I'd say in like I'd say something I thought I was alone in and no experience was was unique, I guess. And that just gets <laughs> then you're like I like this feels special. Doing this for a living feels special. It feels like there's an opportunity that not a lot of people get and I feel like I'm able to do this as if no one's ever done it before. Yeah. But meeting a lot of people who do music and do all this stuff and have done different things and gone different directions and have received whatever billboard plaques or whatever already, it takes away the specialness. So that's why I don't keep those people around me. I just, I hang out with people that don't really do music. I feel like that feeling is becoming more prevalent and more and more people are kind of sick of the stardom behind it. Mm-hmm. because it makes it feel so normalized. And I, I feel like that's, I mean, look at the way music has been shaped. And the reason there's stages is because something can only get so big before it falls. I, I feel like, like you see people, you see people who found great success as a pop artist and then changed up their whole entire realm because you can tell that they were, they're longing for, for new they were they were longing for original they were longing for honesty somebody like post malone post malone noah khan i mean both of them i mean they're not they have a song together now like it's Mm. it's a really good example of those kind of people and post got the fuck out of la i'm pretty sure noah khan doesn't live here and like i would totally too if if i didn't know these dope ass producers in la that were like-minded musically totally and eventually you get to the point where you can just fly them out whenever you need them and you have room and board for them and and that's Mm -hmm. that's going to come and that's going to come in droves but the fact that you are where you are right now and you're so aware of it has to be I, i just i don't think enough people out there understand that just because all the eyes are on you doesn't make it any less lonely dude (laughs) <laughs> you're reading my mind when, <laughs> on my on my drive over here i was literally talking to a robot asking it why i feel this way and why i feel so lonely and I'm, I'm like i realize i reach out to besides for business things where people like need me for something i reach out to 99 percent of the people in my life and it's not the other way around like i'm hitting people up and i don't know i don't know what causes it what makes people not want to reach out i'm going to do some internal looking and seeing maybe if it's my own actions or something but i don't think it is i don't think it is in a bad way because i i'm in a similar boat the reason i started this podcast i've been making music my whole life it's been my passion my dream since i was three years old and during covid when my what what was my music career finally being full-time as a producer just, you know, went in the shitter. And I had to start relying on the other parts of me to keep me stable. And for me, it's reaching out to people. I'm the kind of person where if I have a friend who I care about, I'm thinking about them a lot. And I'm going to, I'm not just going to think about them. I'm going to, I'm going to send that text message. I'm going to call them. I'm going to see how they're doing. Not to, not because I care about 
anything but how they are doing. And that's it. And there was a point during COVID where I was like, am I, am I just hitting people up because I'm lonely and not because, not because I like, do I expect them to be reciprocating that? And that was a tough thing for me because I am so vocal about how I feel about people. And most of the people I surround myself with are not. And the more I'm, I, 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 the more digging, first of all, my girlfriend within all that said, you got to do something with this. Like clearly you are suffering from the feeling of, 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 is this energy useful? Am I putting it into the right place? And that's how this podcast started is I realized if I'm going to, I'm either going to be upset with the person I've become and worry that I am looking, I'm reaching out to people because I'm looking for something that I don't have. But then I kind of started to realize I'm not, that that's not, not everybody can be good at being the one to reach out. And that's why it's so important to find a group of people that are balanced and have that. And and because you're the person who's reaching out, maybe that just means that you're better at it. You know, not that they're not thinking about you or they don't give a shit or they're not wondering how you're doing. You're just better at it. You have, everybody's got their anxieties somewhere. If I go to a party and I'm with 80 people, I'm, I'm a shell of a human. But in a situation like this where there's no phones and I can just talk to somebody and look at them and, and I can thrive there. So I, maybe that's why I call people and that's why I, I reach out is because I'm looking for those situations. And I guess where I'm going with all this is I think it's worth looking into that as a superpower versus your, you know, versus uh, something that's going to be your demise. I think there's always going to be a part in my head that is telling me I am reaching out for no reason. And maybe because I have the thought, oh, I want to talk to them. I'm going to reach out. Yeah. So if I'm not getting reached out to, then I'm thinking, okay, they didn't have that thought. Yeah. Because that thought leads directly to an action for me. Mm. And I assume it does with everybody else. Yeah. I'm I'm in that same, that Mm. same fucking boat. And I think it's, I don't think it's that it's ever going to get easier. I think it's just going to become more clear. I think having somebody in my life that I communicate with more frequently would be cool. I think that would be, that would do a lot of it. Then I'd be good. But also I don't want to meet somebody while I'm longing for somebody. That's such a, you know, cause then I'm using them to fill a void. I'd rather fill my own voids and then meet somebody. But if you're, it's kind of like one of those things, like if, if you're looking for the love of your life, you're probably not going to find them. But if you're looking and you say no because because you're looking and not because it's the wrong person, then maybe you're missing out on the right person and it's just the only thing stopping you was that little voice in the back of your head telling you that it's not the right time. You know, I think it's worth it's worth being being skeptical with yourself, but also understanding that it's gotten you this far. You know, like clearly, clearly your brain has the ability to do things that people wish they could do. You know, like, it, look what you've done. You've, you've got an amazing, how old are you, 20? Mm-hmm. That's insane. you got a career that that I don't think, I don't even think it's that most people don't deserve it. It's that I don't think they're emotionally ready for the type of life this brings. And the fact that you are so, um, so, you know, just focused in, on what's going through your head and that you're willing to ask, you know, 
whatever, if it's a person or a fucking robot, you're, you're willing to look <laughs> at stuff. I think that's, I think that's important though. I think that's helpful. I think that's, if there's anything that I can stress on this podcast to the 14 year old listening who wants to be in your shoes, it's the things that you find as your flaws, everybody else finds as your, your superpower. I have a message to that kid listening. I don't think you should be in my shoes. I don't want to be in anybody else's shoes. I think what's unique Mm -hmm. and fun about life is living your own thing. If you are, if I was meant to do anything else, I would be equally happy doing whatever else it is. It just feels like I'm meant to do this. So if you are meant to, I don't know, fucking, I don't think people should care about other people's standards for what they think is cool. I just happened to care. And that's what led me down the direction of doing all the wrong shit and making the music that didn't matter until I could realize what actually does matter. But just be deep down. There's a voice in your head and it's telling you what you want to do in life. It's like screaming at you. And then there's another voice that's saying, yeah, but these people will think this way or, Mm. or what if, you know, something blah 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 fuck the what if just do it and then yeah you can always be sad and not do it and just die sad and wondering that's an option so what's better you know dying sad and wondering and then not going up to the girl not whatever the fuck the opportunity is you know even if it's doing something that people don't even like if a lot of people think it's stupid or shitty but you like it then do that thing and I think there's also this idea that everybody's experiences are only solely experienced by them. And I think that's kind of like what you were talking about with LA is you start to realize that there's a lot more people who have similar experiences. I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> it's, And I get that. I understand why you would, but I feel like depending on where it's related to, that can it can sway so much. Like knowing that... It, like what I was talking before, I have a friend, Pablo puts on these house events, these music shows. He's like, when I, every time I go, I see him and I see everybody go to talk to him. And I see him with just, he never seems anxious. He always seems like he can direct the party and be the life of the party. And he's the the sweetest guy. And every time I go to these shows, I sit by myself in the corner and I have panic attacks and I end up leaving after 20 minutes. And it's just like, I remember the first time I told him that that was going on. And he goes, dude, you have no idea how fucking scared I am right now. He goes, I'm just trying to pretend like I'm not. And I was like, what? How how are you so good at hiding it? And I guess that's kind of what it is, is it's not that people don't have anxiety or don't have similar experiences. Some people are better at hiding them. And that's kind of like like what you're talking about with LA. Is like so many people have shared experiences and that seems scary. And I completely get why, because then it makes your experiences feel minimized. Like they're less important. I really like what your what your friend told you. And I like that that story and that example. I think that's a cool way to look at things. I think it's totally true. There's nobody that isn't scared. There's nobody that isn't afraid. Whoever looks very controlled in a room, most of the time they're freaking out and shit in their pants. Yeah. And I think I've learned from from that i've just guessed that that's what people are doing i'm like there's no way that somebody is totally chill talking to everybody and just like oh hey like how you been it it took me and 
I just always wanted that. I wanted to be that. Mm. So it took me just saying, okay, are you going to just go home sad and go to sleep? Or are you going to just try this? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Sometimes bad shit happens, but it's never outweighed by the possible positives. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I, I look up to that cause I struggle with that immensely. Listen to this. You hear that? No, you don't. Cause I smoked the freeze pipe and I don't cough. See, I used to be just like you. I used to cough when my mom handed me the bong, but not anymore because now I have the freeze pipe. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to freezepipe.com. They got a whole bunch of products. Go take a look and grab whatever fits your needs. This thing right here is a glycerin chamber. You throw it in the freezer for about an hour. When you take it out, you throw it into your bong, pack yourself a nice bowl and take it like a champ. (laughs) You might not even feel the hit because this piece right here makes your smoke 300 degrees cooler. Yes, 300 degrees cooler. Do you know how cool that is? That's cool as fuck. So make your parents proud. Go to freezepipe.com. Get yourself a piece and thank me later. And I think I put off a certain energy where people expect that I'm happy and uh, my name's fucking, I call myself lover boy. Like I, people just expect, thank you. People just expect that based off of the way I act most of the time that I'm comfortable in my skin, that I'm always smiley, that I'm always happy. And then that gets flipped because then it makes me feel like I have to be that person when I'm not. Mm. And and I, I think I'm just starting to realize that people end up loving me more when they see what's actually there. Because then I don't have to go to the party the next time and pretend I'm still that same person. You know, it's like if you, li- if you lie enough, eventually that lie is going to come around and, and people we'll figure it out. And I'm not even saying it in a way where it's, you're lying with malice. You're not trying to be, a, to, to, to manipulate. You're just trying to survive. Plus, I think the people that you impress by lying <clears throat> or just being that person are temporary people anyways, people who are impressed mm-hmm. easily by the wrong things. So if you're at a party and you're being this hot shot center of the room everyone's eyes are on you which they're they aren't really but yeah the people in your vicinity sure those people aren't people that are ever going to be any positive impact on your life other than a a short-term ego boost in the moment so if you instead try to form a a meaningful like do you know drew dracaro okay he throws the craziest parties Right. And like, you'll see people there that, oh my gosh, I know that person from the internet. I know that person from this, from that. Instead of going there and trying to be Mr. Cool Guy, if you go to his house, go to those parties and just sit down next to somebody and be like, hey. And they're like, hi, I'm Christian. And then they see who they are. And you don't do the, what do you do? Say like, how are you? You know, how was your day? Whatever. And you guys talk. You're building something that hey, you want to hang out later? Like a whole... A relationship. Yeah, a relationship. A way better thing than if you put on that face and try to get everybody's eyes on you. Man, I'm so glad you brought up Drew too because he's the pinnacle example. He's the guy. He's that guy. And he's not only that guy for one person, he's that guy for everybody that he crosses paths with. But I love Drew. I feel like the difference between Drew and what we're talking about, Drew seems like he just 
is the person, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, the difference between you go to a party, you're not going to check in on those people that were gawking at you for you being this really cool person. Drew will hit people up and be like, hey, how you doing? Like, hey, just been thinking about you. And he just seems like he's so full of love. I think this somehow people can very easily read his genuineness just being in his presence. And I think that's, he has people drawn to him, I think for a whole different reason. He's, he's the mentor's mentor. He, all of this shit is just a muscle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like going to lift 50 pounds and you can only do one rep. And then you're just like, I'm never going to be able to lift 50 pounds. But then you go and you fucking practice and you work out every day for a month. And now it becomes light work. You know, like it's, the the cool thing about Drew is, first of all, he's he's had his foot in this game for longer than most people I know. He's genuine. He gets in as many rooms as he can to to do the best he can. But he also doesn't give a fuck. And I think that's part of this, is you have to get to this point where you're so fed up with the bullshit that you stop allowing it to enter your world. And I think that's that's where he is. And I have a, I have a buddy named uh, Danny Scheiman. He's This is his house. Um, oh, nice. And he's the one, he lives right behind there. Thanks, Danny. He's the best. And, <laughs> and he's another great example. He He's the person that I know that cannot say goodbye to anybody and just leave the party. And nobody wonders if he's mad or if he's upset. Everybody understands that he doesn't have to say a word to know that he cares about you and that, that they're like, that's a muscle. Again, he's also been in this industry longer than most people I know too. And I think any of this stuff is just practice. It's like what you were talking about with your music. When you're making a song, you're very into it. Everybody knows that feeling of being five months out and it's about to hit the the stores or fucking go to streaming and you're already sick of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But sometimes you got you to gotta go back to that feeling and remind yourself why you did it and understand that, that the only reason... Some, one of the best reasons of putting something out and putting something out there, whether it's a song or a feeling or whatever it is, is so then you can look at it in retrospect and move past it and learn from it versus having it just be a thought in the back of your head and wondering what could it have been or what could I have done? And I think the fact that you don't love your old music in the way you love your new music means that you're headed the right direction. If you loved everything you used to make, but you hate everything you're making now, that's the issue, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guarantee both of us know 90% of the people in our lives who feel that way, who, oh, for who sure, don't want to yeah. put out a song or whatever it is because they already hate it versus growing from it. And I'd rather see somebody who excels, you know, in, a, in, a, in an upward fashion versus starting at the top, staying there and then falling off. Like, you have to, you, the progression is the only way that this life becomes a story mm-hmm. versus, versus staying where you are forever. You're never going to, I mean, if you were the same person you were five years ago, I don't know if you'd be happy about it. Oh no, I'd fucking hate it. I'd, yeah. I mean, if I was just, I think, I think life is all about growth. I try to, sometimes I feel like in situations, I try to look at them as if I'm 50 years old and I'm looking back at what I could have missed out on if I didn't do the right thing. Mm. So, like, I've never been particularly dangerous. Um, I've never 
done anything that I think I would regret when I'm 50 looking back. And I think that has been pretty positive for me so far. That's such an interesting and healthy outlook too. Because I feel like somebody like myself, I, I'm the opposite where I'm so spontaneous and sometimes I don't give myself the the time to think about how it's going to affect me later. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I'm, I'm glad I did. And then there's times where I wake up and I have a tattoo and I'm like, God, why the fuck do you do that? Are you going to like this tomorrow, let alone in 10 years? Maybe. And that's the thing is you don't know if you don't do it, but all of this stuff is just a, a game of balance and understanding if I'm too safe, am I going to ever be uncomfortable enough to grow? And if I'm too dangerous, am I, am I going to get to the point where I even get to look back and grow? Or am I just going to be, am I, am I going to waste all my chances or, or even be around to do it? There's a good way to figure out what you really want in life. And it is, you take a coin, you come up with your decision, right? You, okay. the, you two options. And you, you can't decide what you want to do. And you know it's either A or B, right? Take a coin and you assign one, you know, head to, yeah. heads to A, tails to B. And then you flip it. And while it's in the air, you know, your heart knows what you don't want it to land on. Yeah. That's how you figure it out. And how you feel about whatever it lands on. Yeah, it's almost not even worth catching the coin at that point. Yeah. Once you throw it up, you already know. And that's that's what it is. How did you find this ability to be so introspective at 20 years old? When I was 20, I was lost. I was scared. I was sad. I didn't feel like my dreams could ever be a reality. I didn't have the ability to know that if I work for something, I have a better chance of getting it than just hoping it's going to come to me. I think I've seen, I've accidentally seen success very fast. Mm. So when I was 17, I used to film all these videos for these rappers and hoping that that was the way that I didn't know how to get famous or how to whatever. My goals were different. So you were filming for them. Like you were the cameraman. Yeah. I was the camera guy and I was very into film too, but I was like making music and in the car, I'd be driving for them too. I'd be their personal driver. They didn't know I was 17 and I wasn't allowed to drive them, but I'd be driving them. They'd be super drunk. And I'd be like, yo, I just made this song. And I'd play it for him and like, damn, that's like pretty dope. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, and I'd hope like with more things like that. Then eventually at one point we'd be at a party and be like, hey, Christian, why don't you perform? And I'd be like, so then I, I'd i be up there and I'd perform in this like warehouse party and like whatever. But that was just, that wasn't getting me closer in the industry. Mm. It was, I was, I didn't realize how stagnant that method was until I was at a party was filming police come in police helicopters there's like a video of this footage on my phone or on my instagram somewhere police come in they grab me four cops they throw me against the hood of a car break my camera they start beating me like with their elbows and what? like slamming me against the car and then like you're going to jail i'm like i'm going to jail and they're like yeah we told you to leave and it was like a, it was a whole thing and they just they were upset that I was filming them beat up some kid and they, they didn't have any excuses. They took me to the station. They let me go with no charges, nothing. And it just taught me, I didn't have my camera. My camera was gone. And I was just like, this isn't even what I want to be doing. What the fuck? What? Like, it just gave me like me getting hit, I guess, put it in my head. And I realized what I wanted to do. And it, happened almost accidentally. I was like, I just want to make music. So I 
sat in my room and I made a little funny video on TikTok where I just made a rap and then I posted it and then it did okay. And then I made another one and then it did really good. Then I made another one and that did really good. And then for the, for what I was doing at the time, totally. not, you know, they're very different numbers, but eventually I was like, holy shit, people like this. And then I started learning what I could do to make it better. And I realized, then I started coming up with a formula for how to make videos go viral. And I was like, okay, if I start something off for some reason, I didn't know how the algorithm worked, but I knew that if I had something really interesting at the end, like a twist in, in my song or something where I'd like, I'd make some lyrics and at the end, one lyric would change the whole lyric in the beginning. Like it would mm-hmm. change everything I was saying. For some reason, that would make it do really well. So then I kept doing those twists and I do a new song every day. And I had a philosophy that promoting yourself was corny. So I never announced that I was making a new, like I was posting a song. So these were whole two separate artist projects, had shit on Spotify, had shit on TikTok, but just left a link in my bio. And eventually people found it and my Spotify slowly started growing and I didn't ever mention it. And it just kind of became like a thing. I I think through the accidental method and just having fun and just doing what I wanted to do for a living and just there being no consequences if I failed. At the- From the same people who brought back your balls and made your bush bearable brings you the Beard Hedger. There's one thing about travel that I hate more than anything in the world, and that is bringing 20 different little clip guards just to get the right shave not anymore. Manscaped has your back. The Beard Hedger has 20 built-in clipping links, so you do not have to worry about losing them anymore. Not only that, but this thing is waterproof. It's cordless, and it has a long-lasting battery, so you don't have to worry about this thing shutting off halfway through and looking like a dork for the rest of your day. Fellas, do me a favor. Stop going to your dates with clean, smooth balls and a gross-looking face. You need them to match. If you want to support me in this podcast, the best thing that you can do is support the sponsors. They help me keep going and make this something that I can continue to do. So do me a favor, head to manscaped.com, use the code experiment and get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code experiment and manscaped.com. Go get your beard hedger with 20 different clip lengths the time because i didn't perceive them yeah i didn't understand that hey i'm not doing well in school this could probably affect my life i was like fuck it i'm just gonna do this that is what taught me okay i spend i wake up at noon i spend every single hour of my day making this song video and uploading it captioning it doing everything and i go to sleep at midnight and then I don't talk to anybody. I don't have any friends. I don't have a life. And then I wake up at noon and I do the same thing again. And I sacrifice my social life. This leads to some reward at some point. I saw some reward and that's what did it. So when I've, whenever I'd hit lows, I'd know this is still possible. I did it before. I can do it again. And then I do it again. I'm like, okay. So now I know no matter what, it's always possible. I'm either just doing the wrong thing or it's usually always yourself. It's usually yeah. always what you're doing. I'd fall into things where I'd be like, fuck, TikTok is out to get me. They fucking, my videos, even like there's, there's been like examples where I've had a lot of reasons pointing me to believe that or like, totally. My videos are got 70 views and the last one got a million. What the fuck? Like literally 70. Like that doesn't make any sense. And, and then I just be like, okay, you're being vulgar, you know, just 
and there'd always be second chances with with platforms and such or whatever. Yeah. So every single time the answer would be, are they out to get me? No, it's me. I need to do something better. I need to do something different. I'm being boring. Let me switch it up. So I think just knowing and seeing actual response to input is what has... Kind of got you locked in. Yeah. So now I know what is possible and I know what can be done. I got to say though, I think a lot of people in that position would let the evil win. They would let that feeling of they're against me be the impetus for failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think... Would you rather be able to complain about people ruining your life or would you rather say fuck it and just try to do put all your might into unruining your life if somebody steals your car or steals some shit from you or you know fucks you up and like beats you up like when police beat me up yeah i feel like what really changed the trajectory of my life was that one decision am i going to get revenge on these police am i gonna like wrong them for wronging me Mm. or am i gonna take this as a learning experience and try to do something positive and i made a music career out of that so every little instance where i have gone i'm gonna be the better person the bigger person whatever every single time it has led me right and i've loved the way that things have gone from that split decision to me it sounds like the core of who you are is being self-aware and i think i'm not that much older than you but i'm older enough that i because i feel like 24 to 26 was the biggest amount of growth that i've had in my life and the reason that was the biggest amount of growth is because i stopped giving a fuck and i understood that i'm not going to change who i am i've tried i've tried a million times to be the cool person and i've tried a million times to pretend like i give a shit about stuff that i don't care about and every time the one thing i find success in mentally in my own head are the things that I love. And that's just a self-awareness. And, and, and the fact that you have that at 20 years old is so commendable because I think, I think most people don't have that ever. Maybe they have versions of it. Maybe they have spurts of it. But the fact that you are self-aware enough to understand that, that revenge takes up time that you could be using to further your life. Exactly. And that's revenge. That's a great way to put that. And that's not even just revenge on those cops. That's revenge on yourself. That's that's revenge on your friends. That's that anything any version of trying to to equal out what was taken for you is time wasted. Right before Lollapalooza, there was I still don't know if I handled this exactly the right way, but I feel like there are far worse ways I could have handled this interaction. Mm-hmm. One of my old friends from like I grew up with, like elementary school. We'd always like, he's he's a fighter and his, his brother's a fighter. They're twins and they'd always be there when people were trying to fuck me up. It wouldn't happen. They were the wall in the way, right? People would try to take advantage of me or whatever. And then we slowly kind of grew apart. I went to school in a different city and then we reconnected. But I realized our, our ways of thinking and our like just the way we go about things are totally different, even though I'm so grateful for everything they've ever done for me. Absolutely. Our our thought processes and like how we handle things, like this friend that I'm about to speak about has slapped a sandwich out of a, gangst, a gang member's hand who had a gun in his belt. 
Fuck that. For him staring at the gang member staring at him for too long. Like this is and that dude, and I think I have such a respect for his lack of fear. Yeah. But I think in a such different way, and I feel like our the we like get into conflicts a lot because of the way that we would handle things. Um and he's like more of an aggressive person than mm-hmm. I am. So, like we went to Texas together on like a little friend trip. One of my, like it was me, him, his brother, and then one of my other friends mm-hmm. and another friend. We all just had a good time. And at some point they were like, Christian, why are you being such a pussy? Cause I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to throw hands. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Cause they were all doing body shots and slap boxing. And I'm just thinking, I don't want to fuck up my body. There's no reason. There's no conflict. I'm, it's not going to be fun. Just going to prove some shit to them that I already knew about myself. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. And then I get up and I'll show you the video later. Please. But then I'm just, we're just going in and I'm just like, bah, bah, bah. And like, we're just going back and forth, just trading shots. And my body's all fucked up. I'm like bruised up everywhere and just it. And they're like, damn, Chris, I didn't know. I was like, no shit. I just didn't care. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, but there's more recent interaction with that fork in the road again. I, he came back, he lives in Texas. He came back from Texas and we were hanging out and he was super drunk and we got into like some sort of altercation and I was like, yo, he kept like getting in my personal space and I was like, keep to yourself, stay out of my personal space, stay out of my bubble. And then yeah. he, he was doing some stupid shit where he kept like trying to touch me or just yeah, like fuck with me and like annoy me. Try to press your buttons. Yeah. And then I warned him twice. I told him twice and I was like, do not get in my space like don't touch me like yeah i was just annoyed i i didn't understand i was like whatever i'm hanging you know and i'm sitting on the couch and my Lollapalooza performance is like three days from then or two days i was like about to get on a flight and he falls he just jumps onto my face and just head like headbutts me in the face and it was like, what the fuck? and it wasn't like, it was like half intentional, half just careless. Yeah. And I had, my initial reaction was just rage. Cause I'm like, if he fucks up my nose and then like, I yeah, can't sing, go I'm sniffly or like some shit just fucks up the show or anything. I'm just, I was so enraged. And my initial reaction was just do something violent. Which he's a better fighter than I am. So like it, it would not have ended well either way. Totally. But that was my initial reaction just to get vengeance for what he could have possibly fucked up for yeah. me. And I decided, I was like, I just stood up and I pushed him off of me. And his like phone was on me too. I just tossed his phone aside, grabbed my things. Left. I walked away and I have not spoken to him since. Mm. And... That might have been a little harsh for a long-term friend. I don't even know. But I feel like he crossed boundaries. You were self-aware enough to understand that that person is not adding to your life right now. For sure. In the moment. Maybe someday if he reflects and apologizes or something like that. But regardless, in that moment, I knew... I mean, I had multiple options. I could have seen revenge. I could have done whatever. And I think walking away looking like a bitch was the best option there man there's nobody who's a great fighter that that honestly won't tell you to walk away before you fight because they understand what it's like to get hit 
I, I mean, I think some guys, <laughs> if, he would. But but I mean, a great fighter like people who are actually found life success in this stuff, an yeah. MMA fighter, somebody like that, like Jorge Masvidal, one of my favorite fighters. He said, he said, if I'm going to do anything, if somebody goes to hit me, I'm headbutting them. He goes, I'm not going to punch them. I'll look like a little bitch, but I'm going to headbutt them. I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because I don't need that. I do this for a living. Why do I need to fight somebody on the streets? Why do I, like, I think one of the things that, that one of the pieces of advice that I would give you is understand that where you are mentally, I'm not talking about your career. I'm not talking about your music. I'm saying mentally where you are is so far ahead of most people your age that the best thing you can do for yourself is understand who, who is honoring who you are as a person and giving you the opportunity to grow and who isn't. And just because they're not, doesn't mean that they, that they have to be kicked out of your life forever. But sometimes it does mean that you have to take a hiatus from them being in your life and give them the chance to grow on their own. And that's great. Cause I feel like I was being like held back as a person interacting. And I, I do wish I could keep that relationship. And I don't think it's like a permanent thing. You're right. Nothing is. But that anytime I'd interact, I'd be more juvenile with it. Yeah. I'd, he'd pull me, he'd regress me emotionally into some, I don't know, a version of myself that I used to be when I had to prove myself and I had to totally be violent to, to be respected or, or whatever, you know? I mean, if you're growing up and you're working hard to do that, you don't have to keep playing with the kids. For you sure. Know? Yeah. It, you sit at the, the adults table because you earned it. And not like the only reason we're referring to him as a kid is because of the emotional. Totally. (laughs) I'm 27 and I know people that are 35 that have not understood what it's like to be an adult and therefore the repercussions are constant. And it's like when, when I go out with people and they want to stay out till five in the morning and I know the next day I have a podcast, do I give a shit more about having a drink at a bar that I don't give a fuck about with people who won't remember the night anyways? Or do I care about coming home, getting well-rested, feeling good in the morning, getting to work out, and having a conversation, which for me is the highest of highs? There's nothing in the world outside of sitting with my family, sitting with my girlfriend, sitting with the people that I love, that gives me the feeling that I get sitting right here. The reason I do this is because conversation for me is how I grow. So maybe this is this whole podcast is a selfish thing for me because it's, it's like me getting my fix every fucking time. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is I've had so many shitty habits in my life that gave me a similar fix that had such negative side effects and such bad repercussions. And if you continue to do that every fucking day and you continue to make the same mistakes, there's only one person you can blame and that's yourself. But I know that if I wake up without that hangover and I get to sit and talk to somebody like you that I'm going to go to bed with a smile and I'm going to wake up the next day with a smile. And that's all I can ask for. And I know that going out that night and taking that extra shot or doing something that I don't like because I my friends are fucking peer pressuring me, that is not going to be helpful. And I'm never going to get to the place that I know I want to and I deserve to get to if I am not learning from my mistakes. Plus, if you're seeking the validation and respect of others who are in a have whole different goals than you do have a whole different position in life want something different out of life than you do you're just pulling yourself in their direction absolutely so if 
losing the respect is almost a way to find yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's just part of growing up is understanding that retrospect is the killer of all bullshit. And in the moment, you might hate the situation and feel uncomfortable and walking away from a fight being called a pussy sucks. But what you know what doesn't? Not waking up with a broken nose. That's true. That would have... Not going to jail? My Lollapalooza show, I probably wouldn't have been able to sing if that turned into some crazy altercation. Could have had a broken nose. Could have had a broken jaw. Could have had a broken mind. I've it seen could him have... break people's jaws. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, you know? But you but worked regardless. your fucking ass off to get there. I know... I, I have friends that got to play it. Uh, my buddies from Beauty School Dropout just played it. Love those guys. Love them. And you know what I love about them is they are the most fucking motley crew out there motherfuckers and every single one of them shows up every time mm-hmm. they're never the people getting too drunk in the room and they're the biggest rock stars in the room they're never the people that are getting too fucked up or getting in fights or or doing anything that's going to harm the the goals that they've set for themselves and they're still the most badass people in the room and they're still working their ass off and they and where they are is deserved because of that and where you are is deserved because of that. And and I know that if I can continue to to make decisions in my life that allow me to feel happy and keep growing, then eventually I'll be at a place where I know it worked out too. Mm. And I believe that for everybody that's listening and everybody that's not, if you start making decisions based off of your last decision, you're going to do better. But if you start making decisions based off of just that moment, then, then it's going to be really hard to learn how to give yourself what you deserve. And I think there's nothing that kills a dream more than lack of self-awareness. Nothing. Because, I mean, everything you've talked about from the reason you switched, you know, when you went a little different direction with your music, the reason you you separated yourself from from people I don't know the reason you separated yourself from your family for that year, but I'm sure it had reasons to to allow you to grow as a musician and as an artist and as a human. And all of these things bottleneck into the same fucking word, and that is two words, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. That'll get you farther in life than anything you could ever imagine, because the only person who knows you is you, and the only person who can start or stop a shitty situation in your life is you. And if you start making mistakes... That's fine. But if you stop learning from those mistakes, that's not. Yeah. I think doing the same thing over and over again, if it's a bad thing. Yeah. Is, I think even if it's a good thing, honestly, I don't think there's anything that I do the same that I've done years ago. You got to constantly adapt. and Yeah. And, and I think there's things that you start finding in your life that you realize no matter what the day is are beneficial. For me, I know if I'm not waking up a little early and working out, then every fight that I have with my girlfriend is my fault. Every fight that I have with my family, every person I get pissed off at in traffic, that's my fault because I didn't take the steps that I know make me a happier, better person for myself internally. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling shitty inside, then you're never going to look happy outside. Not truly. You have to be a really fucking good actor and that's even more, you know, detrimental to the soul. But if every day you're scanning through the mistakes and the wins that you had yesterday and you and you continue to to find an upward motion of how you can make your life better every day just a little bit i promise i 
promise that your life will only get better. And you're clearly, you're clearly working your ass off to be aware and, and give yourself the opportunities for success. That's a choice. And you're taking that choice. And I fucking respect the hell out of it. At 20 years old, I, I would have given everything to, to have that kind of self-awareness. Maybe it wouldn't have been beneficial yet because I wasn't ready. And that's part of this too, is everything comes when you're ready for it, but you can make yourself more ready. You can practice life. I think I've I've had moments where I will look at the people around me and I'll look at people who have done things that I want to do just faster or younger. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's ever a good, good way to think. There's, I haven't found the answer yet. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that that's not a good, a good way to think. And eventually I'll, I'll come up with a solution on why that's not some sort of like self-soothing answer. Yeah. But in my head, everything happens for a reason. Billie Eilish was meant to get a Grammy before I was, you know, like that type of thing. But there are, there's so many ways to win in life your win doesn't have to be the same win as somebody else's. Like there are things that the friends that we're talking about here that are regressing us emotionally, right? There are things that they do way better than we could probably dream of. Like for example, that friend that fights, he is such a, like doesn't even make sense. Like when I've, I've seen him take people out, like giant people Mm -hmm. doesn't make like, there, he has such a, a talent and like a method to his madness where it's almost like, have you ever seen Sherlock Holmes where he like slows everything down yeah. and knows exactly? He's in there like that. I. So like everyone has their own shit, totally. you know? It's just what you do with your thing. I, I don't think I could have said it any better. I mean, man, I'm so impressed. I'm so fucking impressed. I, I already loved your music. I already loved the direction you were going. And you can ask, I was just talking to him about, about your music before you came in. And, and I was saying your new, I mean, your new song to me is, first of all, it's my favorite nice. and I love a lot of your stuff, but that one to me, I could hear it in your voice that, that you were honest and you might hate that song tomorrow, but as long as you hate it because you made something new that you love, then I'll love it too. You know, I, I hope so because i have made some stuff that i think is already cooler and i'm just i'm i'm ready to like i that exact thought i'm i have to promote this song that's out right now but i'm like fuck i want to be promoting this other thing because i feel this other way right now man you got all the time in the world just just keep keep waking up every day knowing that as long as you're doing the best you can do and you're giving yourself the best opportunities to do it well then man you're gonna there's never gonna be a day where you can't further you can't you can't make something better and something you love more but also understand that who you were at the time you made the last thing was the best that you could have done and that's fucking so special and it'll always be that there everything that you dislike will always still be something for for other people to learn from but Man, I'm I'm such a fan of you as a human. I really, I really am. It's very nice. And I feel like we've had a really good conversation. This is one of my favorites. I've it's had better it than so I was because we'd never met. So yeah, this was 
Man, I, we never met, but I promise you'll you'll wake up with a text from me tomorrow seeing how you're doing. Nice. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, I couldn't have asked for a better podcast. I couldn't have asked for uh, a more well-thought-out human being to come in here. So I, I really, really appreciate you. And everybody out there, go check out the music. Now you have a story behind it that I promise will make you love it that much more. And uh, wake up tomorrow understanding what you can do better and how you can be better yourself because there that answer will always be out there. And the only thing that you can do is keep trying to find it. Flip the coin. Flip the coin. Flip the coin. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. I am so thank appreciative you. of you. Appreciate it. Sorry, I got sweaty hands. But thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Christian. And to everybody listening. I am Christian Gates, and this is an experiment. Yeah, it is. Love you guys. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.